Thanks for taking the time to listen to our 3D OrthoPro podcast. If you'd like to get any more information on Piro, 8Soul or Raptor, please visit our website at www.3dorthopro.com or drop us an email at info at 3dorthopro.com. Hello everybody and thanks so much for coming back to join us in the 3D OrthoPro podcast. Um, this is number two in our series of conditions that we treat with foot orthoses uh, and I am very happy to welcome Fahid from Open Podiatry um, and we've been working with Fahid for a little while and prior to starting this podcast we've just been having a, another chat about business which I think we need to get Fahid back on about because he uh, is very organised <laughs> and doing very well um, but we're going to talk about leg length discrepancy today um, and I think sometimes leg length discrepancy seems like quite a simple and obvious subject. Is that, is that something you agree with? Hi, Joe. Um, good morning. Um, so leg length discrepancy, um, also known as anisomalia. Oh, you don't really need to know that. But um, is it a simple subject? I would say no. Um, in, in a nutshell, where it is, it's the unequal length of your paired legs. Um, patients, when they do develop um, symptoms when they come to visit us, um, they're often complaining of pain. Um, they're having typically compensatory pain somewhere in their kinetic chain, something has gone wrong. Um, and then that requires us to do our um, assessment. So um, typically um, they're either having um, pain in the heels, um, internal knee issues or lower, lower back pain. Um, but they want to know why it's there or what can be yeah. done. Um, the interesting thing about leg length discrepancy is there's there's two different types. Um, yeah. So there's there's structural, i.e. your your born with it is congenital, the developmental disorder, or there's the alternative which is functional, which is um, basically an alteration in the body's um, biomechanics. Something is not functioning right. Um, it could be muscle weakness, it could be trauma, it could be your typical wear and tear, arthritic changes. Um, or third, it could also be a combination of both. So, um, which you yeah. find in particularly the, the younger generation, they're born with it, they're on yeah. the way, something's happened. So either they've had trauma or they've overdone it in the gym, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which we've seen a lot during this pandemic, um, people going back into their activity and getting massive caseloads of plantar fasciitis coming yeah. in. Um, but the underlying cause, um, we, we're seeing a lot of leg limb discrepancy, um, whether it's our lifestyle, um, we're doing a lot of sitting, a lot of sedentary yeah. life, or whether that's a contributory factor. It's quite interesting to do some research into yeah. that. But, uh, um, it's it's yeah, a yeah. cause of, of a lot of, lot of problems. Yeah, I think like, like most subjects that we talk about is that that initial history that you take is is so important and it very rarely comes down to to one like one sole sole thing which is what people expect you to tell them you they expect you to say oh you've just done this one thing or you've got one one element to it but this is usually multifactorial that there's there's a few elements to it yeah absolutely i think coming back to history taken i think that's quite key um a lot of the time we're highlighting the most obvious 
I think deep down they might know a particular answer. Yeah. But it requires us to fish it out. But yeah, that, that does help us, you know, in, in our assessment. So yeah. if you mention one particular thing, yes, let's use it in, in our assessment. So if, it, if you are looking for something particular in their gates, for instance, yeah, um, or in the non-weight bearing assessment, you know, we can we can specify the 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 assessment. Yeah, make it more relevant to the patient. And then when you move on from taking that that history, like when you're assessing for like length discrepancy, what are your kind of preferred preferred methods of, of so um, it's it's a biomechanical assessment in in a nutshell, and that is um, involving three different assessments. So one is it's the gait analysis, it's the weight bearing assessment, and non weight bearing assessment. And under each three different sections, the body is working differently. Now, yeah. with, with the, here at Podiatry, um, for the gait assessment, we use PodoSmart. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a fantastic piece of equipment. It's quite new revolutionary um, smart insoles. So we place them inside the patient's footwear. Um, they go for a walk for about one to two minutes. Um, we give them the option whether they want to go for a walk outside or on the treadmill. Um, okay, yeah, that's good. Yeah, because they don't kind of you try to create the original, like the, a real life experience as much as you, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. as real life to as possible, and with with the Pod of Smart, it calculates fourteen different walking parameters. It measures, um, and it gives us feedback in terms of numbers and distances, and you know it's quantitative information mm -hmm. which we can always compare to um, before and after. Yeah, which is absolutely brilliant. So. Typically, in, in the case of leg length discrepancy, what, what we do tend to find is in, in, in the shorter leg, for instance, they would have a decreased stance time, um, okay. length, um, de decreased walking velocity, increased walking cadence. Not all the time. Not yeah. all the time. Oh, yeah. um, it's yeah. not always according to the textbooks and theories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah no, but it's one of those things that if you see it repeatedly in your practice and then you, um, you it kind of flags that flag appears in your head and you think, oh, I'll check that to, uh, to, to see if that's one of the factors that's causing that particular, um, yeah, what do you want to call it, like issue with the gait, so. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So once, once we've done the gait analysis, I, I like to, before we do the non weight bearing assessment, I, I start with the weight bearing assessment. Um, yeah. um, the first thing um, I do is observe the patient's posture. Yeah. Um, and I start with the shoulders. Yeah. So at least 80% of the time I find that at least on the shorter limb, the shoulder's higher. But okay. not, not always. For instance, yeah. I had a case yesterday, the shoulders were equal. Mm -hmm. um, the leg limb came from the hips. Yeah. Um, there was a massive difference. The shoulders were absolutely fine. Yes. They, they were a younger individual. Yeah. Um, as time goes on, and compensation does kick in into the kinetic chain, at least, then we begin to see those very obvious changes so we, we do the weight bearing assessment and then we move on to the non-weight bearing assessment yeah. um, and each helps us establish exactly where the 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 limb length discrepancy is coming from yeah so it could come from either the hips the yeah. knees um typically we find it, it coming from the hips yeah. um in, in the older generation so um, a lot will have done a hip replacement surgery. Yeah. Future changes. That's, 
That's that's one I've seen loads. Um, I like certainly in orthotics, like it was like they seem to most like length discrepancies that were being referred to you were 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 hip replacements, and then there there was always a trend where people would feel like they had a leg length discrepancy, and you would do your kind of visual palpation. Uh, it doesn't look that different, and or maybe slightly, but not as much as they feel, and then you kind of measure out true and apparent, and then you. And you really struggle to find something, and then actually trying out a Trendelenburg test, you're like, "Oh, actually, you've not you've not got a leg length discrepancy. You've got you've got weak hip abductors, uh, but they feel it as a as a leg length discrepancy." And that is it was so common uh, to see that that feeling, and I was kind of like, "Well, I'm not going to treat this because it's not really a leg length discrepancy. Your legs are same, um, but you've you've got that hip abductor weakness post post surgery, and it's kind of like, okay." Back, back to rehab and sometimes they're like oh I've done rehab but then you're like you know you're kind of then stuck with like what are the options then for like a, yeah uh that hip, that's that's a difficult one um yeah but coming back to the initial history taken that has a major yeah. influence yeah so um, how they're describing the discomfort yeah is it sharp is it dull is it throbbing yeah um, and then your own assessments as well so yeah um, if, if, for instance, you are doing a weight bearing assessment, you want to compare um, particular landmarks. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, the hips are like looking at the anterior, anterior superior iliac yeah. spine. Yeah. And compare the right and the left. Yeah. When they're non when, 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 when palpable. When, when, when <laughs> somebody needs <palpable>, <laughs> <Somebody laughs> to find another. Uh, absolutely. Um, particularly in, in, in the elderly folk and those who are on the heavier side. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's difficult to palpate, um, yeah. but when, uh, when they're non-weight bearing, it's quite easy to yeah. have them sit upright, compare the knee positions yeah. and their medial malleoli. I go by the medial malleoli quite yeah. often, yeah, and, 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 and the knees, and it gives us good answers. Although, although again, I've seen the ones where you've got like the super swollen legs, and you're like, right, I've got to base <laughs> a heel. They're like zipoid to base of heel uh, to yeah. try and get a couple of reliable landmarks there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. There's. Yeah. And I, because I, and I know like, like, in terms of validation, that like measurement, which I do do to kind of just to check that after weight bin, when you go to non weight bin, it is like can be unreliable because of uh, repeatability of, of the measure. But I think kind of combining the, the, the two, like you're saying, the weight yeah. bin and the non weight bin to kind of really just kind of give you a clearer picture and, and yeah, even developing that picture yeah yeah, yeah. and and put, put the patient in a different position different stance um what results do they follow do they not um and, and they comfort feedback feedback is always like massively important for me like um if they if you try and they think no that feels not comfortable or then you you're probably going to be like okay well maybe i'm i'm, I'm too high or it's not something that, that's it's a massive factor yeah i think yeah i probably i probably would have said i saw less smaller ones that were um related to a i don't know like a like a knee pain i would think we'd probably be seeing in orthotics the, the, the kind of more of the hip uh hip replacements are or kind of congenital problems uh, the one that sticks in my mind i mean it was the strangest I've ever seen in my life. This guy had a hip replacement, but the hip re re dislocation it dislocated and went up through the back of his pelvis and came out the lower part of his back. You could feel his hip joint in his lower back. Right. I was, <laughs> I was like, 
But he's, he obviously came in, he was like, I've got a light length discrepancy because my hip is dislocated. And I was thinking, no, no. But then it was like, you can feel it. And it's up here, literally coming out the lumbar, yeah. uh, the side of his lumbar spine. And he was like, they don't have any surgical options for me. And they said it would be worthwhile to, to, mm. to get myself, try and make myself feel more comfortable. And you just think, well, yeah. sometimes you've got to give something a try to see if it's uh, going to be Absolutely. helpful. Absolutely. Even surgery, it can be a massive um, hit or miss. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of my patients regret it. After, yeah. You know, particularly if they're, if they're in their 50s, 60s and they've opted for surgery, mm-hmm. um, you know, 10 years later. Uh, Mike, I think I think we have a bias there because we don't see the people that have gone well for because they don't come to see us. <laughs> well, <that's laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's true. Yeah, the follow-up. Um, <laughs> we, we see those who are complaining. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's good, for, you know, it's... You get business from it as well. Yeah. Uh, um, so I think we kind of touched on it a little bit, but I was going to kind of say, uh, how how often do you tend to see it? Do you think it's quite prevalent? No, we, we see it quite quite often, mostly in the over 40s, um, but we do get cases in the younger generation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like in terms of treatment, I tend to follow the symptoms. So if the patient is coming in, they're having pain, having issues, then yes, we need to do something quite proactive. Yeah. Um, in, in effect, we offload the area of pain mm-hmm. and we create, create the biomechanics. So isolate the, the site of, of, of the problem mm-hmm. and correct it, um, whether it is giving them some strengthening exercise and stretching yeah. or robotics going forward. But in, in the cases where, where there are no symptoms, yeah. For an assessment yeah, the, the heart is the hard one too. Yeah. Um, what, what I like to explain to the patients then is a likely prognosis. So what is likely to occur in, in the near future? Um, that's when a lot of influences contribute those factors. So lifestyle, work, sports and activities, you know, impact activity yeah. over time. The body can only compensate so much. Mm-hmm. before symptoms begin to develop mm-hmm. so often they might say to me yeah we have a little niggling pain in the lower back mm-hmm. you know that, yeah. that, is, that is your body sending you a message something is yeah. not right here yeah um, and what if you continue doing what you're doing without any intervention is it going to worsen is it going to get better mm-hmm. um so thinking forward um in the case where there's no symptoms um that's when when you do explain the biomechanics patient would then they're encouraged to think long term. Okay, yeah. shall we go down the route of insults in that case? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's, a diff- it's a difficult one when you when you find something which is not symptomatic, and then the, the you kind of can can kind of try and predict a prognosis, but then it's, it's like you say, it comes down to all those factors and what they do. Like it's something that may affect one person that you've seen at a different point in time may not. Do the same to someone who is is you know, much less active or or whatnot. Is that, that that's where yeah. I always struggle yeah. myself. Like when when like you know I probably tend to like you say exactly what you said. Just you know offer up the potential scenarios and say you know you could you can leave it or you can or yeah. you can you can treat and see how it goes. In, you know. in the podiatry world, um, where when we're seeing a patient who's coming, for instance, with with, with a calm development. Mm-hmm. on the heel or somewhere on the foot um, we do begin with doing a very basic initial assessment 
um, even in that assessment, we can identify whether there is an under, underlying issue of malignant discrepancy. Okay. Um, so during whilst we're providing treatment, I would I would question the patient. Mm -hmm. I'm having, for instance, any lower back issues. Mm -hmm. You know, you have this going on with your foot, mm -hmm. um, or on your leg or in your biomechanics, which is a contributory factor towards your corn development. Essentially, mm -hmm. forces which which leads to the skin compensating and wants to protect itself. Mm -hmm. um, so, how symptoms appear as well is down to the individual. Yeah. You know, if, if they've got a discrepancy and they're quite active or they're wearing ill fitting footwear, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. symptoms will vary, not necessarily yeah. pain always in the lower back or in the knees, um, but the different um, symptoms and presentations um, in the foot. But thinking long term is, is quite critical and important to factor into long term management. Yeah. Is important. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, and then, kind of finally, like when you, when you do treat it, what, what do you tend to, what are your treatment options? I know so, we kind of, um, so we talked about the one of not treating at all, but if you are treating, <laughs> then where do you go? So, when you are treating, there's, there's two things to manage. So, one, if, if they have pain, we need to manage the pain. So that is your typical rest, ice, compression, and sense as well, ibuprofen, you know, topical agents. Um, if, if they're developing plantar fasciitis, you know, often they're reverting to online sources for information. Yeah, yeah. Um, we all like we all like sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> Dr. Google. Um, it, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't help because the majority of the time they're worsening their own symptoms. Um, for instance, they're using hot water baths when they, when they shouldn't, um, and they should be opting for ice baths. Um, so we, we attend to the pain, and then there's a biomechanical issue. So we need to control the forces, we need to um, control um, the biomechanics, attend to the negative discrepancy. We achieve that by using custom insults. Um, uh, I'm not a fan of over-the-counter products. I think they're very generic, and they don't do as they say. Yeah. Um, so, and it's where free you offer products come in. Um, we, we, we show them samples of yeah. what we produce. We have them on showcase and we explain exactly how they're going to make a difference to their body. Yeah. Um, so once we, we, we have the patient in the mindset, yes, they need to be a bit more conscious of what is happening in the body. They would typically opt for insoles and, you know, yeah. we would treat it. If their leg length discrepancy is less than an inch and a half, which mm -hmm. most of the time that is what we see, it's always less yeah. than an inch and a half, um, we we can apply heel rays to a device mm -hmm. with other comp with other prescription as well, such as medial wedging, you know, first rate cutouts, yeah. um, yeah. depending on the, the outcome of the assessment. Um, so once the insoles are produced and fitted, yeah. um, I always follow up on after four or six weeks. Yeah, um, to get some feedback from the patient. Yeah, uh, see whether it's. I think I think that's the other element to the leg length discrepancy there that there can be that the the biomechanical the mediolateral kind of element to it as well that can create part of the discrepancy, which you may resolve by you know posting uh, either mediolaterally to to which will change things in that way that yeah. that is functioning, and then I I don't know how how you see it but there is I don't tend to find like. There's probably a max height I can get in a standard shoe, like say like a trainer, of about 10, 10 to 12 mil. Uh, and then after that, it becomes a little bit trickier um, in terms of saying, right, well, this is probably going to go, go outside on, on the shoe. Um, 
and then that kind of opens up another kind of series of questions about whether that's acceptable to them or whether they wear it or do they want to kind of partly compensate by being inside the footwear only and yeah that, that's kind of yeah it can become a bit of a challenge then. Um, if, if, if I find one patient's foot, they cannot accommodate anything beyond, um, let's say, 10 mil or 12 mil, yeah. um, then it would, you know, I would encourage them to do a referral by the GP to the office or to yeah. privately. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the majority we see in our clinic, you know, and the custom insoles can do the job just fine. Yeah. Um, in, in the case of length of discrepancy, let's say, for instance, that there is a difference of a centimetre. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean we put in a centimetre wedge in, in yeah, the short yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'll be to up by half of that, mm-hmm. um, you know, 0.5 centimetre most of the time. But um, what's interesting about length of discrepancy is pain or discomfort can occur on either side um yeah, yeah. it's so, not there's no there's no one obvious uh there's no one obvious answer to it so and often it's not always what the books say so yeah. you know because the book the books would also say i remember from from university is i was like you know if it's less than a centimeter you don't need to treat it which doesn't really fit it's what fits with some people uh, yeah. but it doesn't fit with everybody because it's lifestyle um, yeah and and, like, and like sometimes you can put five five, six, seven mil in a, in a shoe it can make a significant difference to someone. Sometimes it doesn't, but it, yeah. uh, it, it's always uh, it's always difficult to predict as well. And if you find that sometimes a, a short-term trial can, uh, can can kind of give you a, give you some feedback, like you say, like you can try something short-term and say, okay, has that helped? And then progress that prescription. Yeah. So if typically I've had patients come and they already obtained it, so whether it's on the NHS or they've opted for, for their own, Mm-hmm. Um, I can modify them, so yeah. I might stick on a heel um, raise, yeah. maybe three mil to begin yeah. with. Yeah, gradually increase it if you have mm-hmm. to. If yeah. they've not received it from, then I say, look, realistically, um, the old counterpart is not going to last you forever. Yeah, why don't we go for a, um, a custom device? Yeah, which one can support your weight, continue yeah. your activity, last last a bit longer, and, and, and last a lot longer. You know, so. A small price to pay for a bigger benefit. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, I think you're right. It's good. It's good to test that, test that theory as well. Give them kind of the ability to say, okay, right, this this is working. Let's uh, yeah, let's, let's go back and, and kind of progress that prescription to something much more long term. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah. That was that was a nice quick fire uh, session about leg length discrepancy. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure there's probably different scenarios that people do see out there but um i think we have we've, we've covered the, the basics of it so thank you Rahid, for joining us today and uh yeah we'll speak again soon we'll get that business podcast uh done at some point this year as well Absolutely. let's do it <laughs> thanks for me thank you thank you Dave.